I know the leagues. I know the teams. I know these players. I know this wonderful game called football. It's time for Value Bet. Oh, this is when the cream rises to the top. This is when things get hot. The largest sports wagering angles you need to know. Stats, records, rankings, weather. If the goalpost is tilted just a little bit. Value Bet on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. You can bet your children's unborn children's children on these six games. Value Bet. This is America's premier sports information program. Here's Jonathan Hood. It's time for Value Bet with me, Jonathan Hood. Thanks so much for being with us. Value Bet is presented by DraftKings. At Casino Queen Sportsbook, use the promo code WMVP. College football, the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA Futures. It's all available if you go to DraftKings. Download the app or go to DraftKings.com, but make sure you use the promo code WMVP. It's value bet time, so I'm going to give you the best plays, the best bets for college football for week number five. Our buddy Gary Seegers out of Memphis, Tennessee from BetUS as well as winningcureseverything.com is going to join us. Follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWCE as we have our conversation. Dude knows his college football. Let's talk to Gary now for our weekly visit with Value Bet right here on ESPN Chicago. Ah, there he is, Gary Seegers. From Winning Cures Everything and the Bet US podcast, he joins me here on Value Bet. Gary, as always, I appreciate it. Oh, you know the pleasure is all mine, my friend. We've got another fantastic weekend, and we're getting into October, which is when we really, really learn about some of these teams. You know, I've been high on Kansas. Are they legit? We're going to find out this weekend against Iowa State, et cetera. But, hey, we're getting into the SEC schedule. We're getting into the meat of the schedule for most of these teams. I am excited, my brother. Yes, I am too. Uh, tell people up front about BetUS because you're doing a lot uh, for them. I, You know I am. I'm on quite a few different shows that they're doing, but the main one, of course, is the BetUS College Football Show. Uh, 45-21-1 thus far on the season oh. are myself and the analysts. So that's uh, a touch over 68% against the number so far this year. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, the show is growing in spades. We, uh, we just started this last year and, you know, didn't really know exactly how we wanted to build the channel, et cetera. We, we have a podcast that goes along with it. But it started and, and grew to about 2,000 subscribers through last season. Uh, we are through 8,000 subscribers on YouTube as of right now. We're trying to get to 10,000. Uh, but our goal for this season was only five, and we hit that by week zero. So the show is growing. It's doing well. Uh, great analysis from the uh, the analyst, of course, Parker Fleming, at Stats of War on Twitter, and Kyle Hunter, who is – I mean, he was uh, voted by his peers, the other handicappers that are out there, the other professional handicappers, as the uh, handicapper of the decade. Like, he, he hits at over 60% clip every year, regardless of the sport, but college football is his best. So – yeah, we've, we've got a good team put together over there. BetUS doing magical things uh, over at BetUS TV. But yeah, the BetUS College Football Show, you can look for it on uh, YouTube. And yeah, I mean, we, we do fun stuff over there. We we really dive into these games, man. Well, that, that's good to hear. Uh, by the way, here in the Chicagoland area, as my uh, Arkansas uncle used to say, we are farting through silk in Evanston. <laughs> 
Um, so Northwestern is going to unveil a brand new stadium, a brand new Ryan Field. I didn't know until I, I read about it that Ryan Field not, is 97 years old. So the school is going to seat, now again, this is a Big Ten team, 35,000 seats, down more than 12,000 from the current Ryan Field. They're going to have the, you know, the big LED lights and it's going to be, you know, state-of-the-art cutting-edge technology. But think about that. Like, in a, in a city like Evanston, right outside of Chicago, Gary, 35,000 seats for, um, for Northwestern. That sound good for a Big Ten team or should it be a little bigger? I, you know, I would think it would be a little bit bigger, but having been up there and having understood what that fan base is like, uh, I think 35000 is fine. So I, I think uh, for the most part, they're just going to charge people a little bit more and they'll still be able to make their money, et cetera. And the way that the Big Ten is going, uh, they may not have to seat anybody anymore. They'll just put everything on TV and they'll make you know money hand over fist. <laughs> so <laughs> with all the, all the articles that are coming out, uh, I don't know if you saw the latest one from Dennis Dodd over at CBS uh, about they're still really looking into rating the Pac-12 again for four more teams. I mean, this could be a 20-team conference. Uh, at that point, you know, having butts and seats is just kind of secondary to what the TV market is going to do for them. Mm-hmm. I, I think the biggest thing that surprises me is they are announcing this coming off of three straight losses. And, and <laughs> the ineptitude of the coordinators that they have. Don't get, I understand that there are injuries on the defense, but what Jim O'Neill is doing is criminal. It is awful what he is doing with that defense. And, and I don't know that I trust Bajaki and the offensive coordinator a whole lot either. Uh, it, he just cannot seem to get the guy. It, it seems good initially, right? The scripted plays, the first 15 plays or so, it looks like they're really, you know, they're really on to something. And after that, I mean, that team is putrid. Yeah. I just, I cannot figure them out. Uh, and I've got some buddies that went to Northwest uh, Northwestern and, and they just... They watch this in depth, and they I, I try my best to keep up with them, but it is so difficult to watch that week in and week out. And like I know that Fitz has a long, long track record, and and he's loyal, and they are never going to fire him. I don't believe. No. But my gosh, what do you do? I mean, you you have to make staff changes after this year because this is awful. Well, we call it around here a down year for Northwestern, <laughs> like because it's, it's 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 up and down, right? And Fitz will never leave because he's from here. He can have that job for life, but this is what you call one of them down years for Northwestern. And all of a sudden, next year they'll figure it out and they'll be in a nice, meaningful bowl bowl game and be back down again. That's really the hallmark of the Northwestern program. Yeah, it, it well, but the problem is that this was supposed to be one of the up years. Yeah, right. Because you were supposed to have the the team was supposed to be back. You know, at least somewhat decent. This is an even year. He typically has good years in the even years. Uh, the schedule, you know, broke a little bit their way this year as far as the home games, etc. Uh, if you don't get it now, when do you get it? Because you're losing a bunch of NFL talent again, and I I just cannot understand their schemes or what they're drawing up. I mean, it, it seems like they're just, they just have no idea what they're trying to do. Yeah. It, it's really mind blowing. Week five of college football. We got some great games as we always do every week as we give you the best bets uh, against the number. How about this one? How about we start with Oklahoma, Oklahoma TCU. 
as we record this, Gary, I have Oklahoma as a six and a half point favorite in the total at 69. You know, the Sooners defense had a difficult time against Adrian Martinez, but young Dylan can sling it for sure offensively. Big play offense for the Sooners. But TCU, you know, they don't have the ability to take the ball away, but they're solid against the run. So how do you see this matchup with the Sooners and TCU? Sonny Dykes, of course, got a big win last week on the road at SMU. But I don't believe this is a letdown spot. I would have been worried for Oklahoma had they not lost last week. uh, Because, you know, they're going on the road. They're going to Amon G. Carter Stadium. And TCU looks like the real deal. I think that Sooners defense is going to show up here. Mm. I I really think that they – there are certain defensive coaches – that understand how to slow down that Sonny Dykes offense, right? Uh, It looks high-flying and all this, but really what he's doing is he is simplifying the offense and making it easier to get his guys out in space. You can do that against SMU and against Colorado, etc. I don't know that you can do that against Oklahoma. Uh, My raw numbers actually have TCU favored in this game, but even with the opponent adjustment, etc., I mean, they still have TCU favored. I still believe that Oklahoma is going to refuse to go into Red River next week with two losses on that schedule. I just I, I don't buy it. I think that Oklahoma is the significantly better team. I think they're going to show it on Saturday morning. Uh, I I would roll Oklahoma here for sure uh, because I don't I haven't seen TCU actually do it against a good team and a good defensive mind yet. Right, and, and Venables is certainly that. Like he can, I think he can out scheme Sonny Dykes. That's the way that I'm going to go on this one. Okay. Is there any value in the total of 69? Because it's going to get up and down the field, will it not? It, it's, yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to get up and down the field. Uh, I'll tell you this. I would lean slightly to the under, mm-hmm. um, but I wouldn't play it. Yeah. <laughs> my yeah. reasoning for that, I, my projected total on this is actually 68. Yeah. Uh, but it's. I don't believe – that TCU is going to be able to put up, you know, 30, 35 points. Uh, I do think Oklahoma is going to be able to score, but how much do they score, et cetera? Do they get a big lead and then just kind of sit on it? Uh, there, there's a lot of ways that that thing could go wrong. Uh, so while I would lean to the under, uh, I don't trust it enough to play it because, yeah, TCU does have some explosive options, um, but I, I do trust Oklahoma a lot more in this spot. All right, let's get to Gary's Alabama Crimson Tide against Arkansas. Uh, Alabama, uh, 17.5-point favorite. The total is 60.5. Bama has been favored by an average of about 18 points in the last six road games. Had a little shaky there. Um, I'll just give you my – you know, it's funny. We have not talked about Alabama so far because of the games that they played. But I'll just tell you, Gary, I um, – I'm not used to seeing Bama's offensive line look bland or average. And I think that that might be the problem here early. I'm not saying that's what they are for the season, but I think they've been an average offensive line. Arkansas just lost a heartbreaker in their last game. So what happens here with the Razorbacks and the Crimson Tide? Well, I will tell you, yes, the Alabama offensive line uh, looked a little shaky against Texas. Yes, Against everybody else, they have been – just world beaters. Uh, they are number six in stuff rate allowed. They're number three in offensive line yards. Uh, they are really, really good. I mean, number 14 in PPA per rush. They are, so far, really awesome. I mean, they're number 11 in uh, uh, 
in passing success rate right now, even though they're not super explosive passing the ball. Well, 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 found... well, well, take those bad games out. Give me the Texas number. That's what I'm trying to <laughs> Don't give hey, me the total. Give, give me the how, Texas how about game. I give you, how about I give you the fourth quarter of the Texas game? <laughs> okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they, they looked a lot better in the fourth quarter of that game oh. than they did the uh, the other time. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know that I don't like Bill O'Brien. I don't like what he's trying to eat. He, he overcomplicates things. This is an NFL coach that has had trouble uh, going back to the college game. In college, it is all about simplifying. It's about getting guys into space, making the options easy for them, right? Uh, and that's what they do when they get into a tight ball game, when they get behind in a game, which is what they did against Texas. They just let Bryce Young cook when they get to that. They don't give him too much. They don't do a bunch of pre-snap stuff. And I think we talked about this after that Texas game where they do a lot of motion. They do a lot of uh, check downs, et cetera. And they wait until right before you have to snap the ball to snap it. It, it. They ran 19 plays against Texas out of like 60 that the play clock was under five before they snapped the ball. It doesn't make sense to do that, right? Because then you have no advantage whatsoever over the defensive line. So when you've got a pretty decent defensive line and some edge rushers like Texas does have uh, with those linebackers, et cetera, yeah, Texas will be able to take advantage of that because they know when the snap is coming. Uh, with Alabama right now, you look at all these numbers, et cetera. I, I look at this. I mean, my number on Alabama-Arkansas is actually Bama by more than three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily trust them on the road. However, we did have a situation like this last year when Bama went on the road against a pretty game Mississippi State team and beat them 49-9. to Right, So everybody looks at it, oh, they're not great. Arkansas was a top-ten team. They really should have beaten Texas A&M, et cetera. Look, that Arkansas defense is awful. There are holes all in that secondary. The defensive line is not great. They do lead the country in sacks. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Man, I got all worked up. Excuse me. You all right, buddy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my God. Uh, they, they do lead the country in sacks. Yeah. Arkansas leads the country in sacks. They've got 20 of them thus far on the season. Drew Sanders is the dude. Of course, he came over from Alabama. There are ways for them to slow down that pass rush from Arkansas. And while they do lead the country in sacks, they don't always get home, right? That's that's the crazy part about this. When you look at the numbers, they are number 38 in Havoc rate. Uh, it, it's not great. When you look at that defensive line, they're number 92 in stuff rate. So they can't stop the run. And if they don't get home to the quarterback, they get blasted. I mean, they're, they're not great in pass defense. They're number 119 in passing explosive rate allowed. So there are ways that Alabama can uh, actually cover in this game. I don't trust it necessarily. If I had to lean a certain way, you'd probably get me to take Arkansas plus 17 and a half because I think that that line – more than likely would have been closer to 14 as opposed to 17 and a half if they had beaten Texas A&M last week. But but I could absolutely see Alabama covering here because that Arkansas defense is not great. And if you're telling me that Arkansas is going to rely on running the football against this Alabama defense, uh, I would trust the Alabama defense here. Like, K.J. Jefferson was good last year, but if you look at what Arkansas was able to do in a 42-35 uh, to 35 loss last year, mm-hmm. uh, Traylon Burks was the main reason for that. Like, they threw him back, and that's how you beat a Nick Saban defense. It's the same thing that Texas was able to do when they had Quinn Ewers in the ballgame. Throw it up and let your super talented receivers go and get the ball. 
in one-on-one spots. If you can make 50-50 balls, 70-30 balls, then you can beat Alabama. But I don't know that Arkansas has got that receiver. And if they're going to try and run the ball, I don't know that they can do that against Alabama. So while I would lean Arkansas plus 17 and a half, eh, it, it, you, you don't always like going against Alabama even on the road, right? So it, yeah. it, it could get out of hand quickly if Alabama is able to hit those holes in that secondary for Arkansas. This is Arkansas's national championship game. I could see them being all worked up, especially in the first half, and then Alabama running away in the second half. So you're like me. You're not going to bet this game. Oh, there's no chance. Okay. There's, there's okay. no okay. chance I can bet it. Uh, because, I, you, one, if you're going to bet it, you got to go Arkansas, right? I mean, it's yeah. as bad as Alabama's been on the road, but at the same time, you look at those weaknesses for Arkansas, and it plays right into Alabama's hands. I mean, just right into what they do best. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what both of these teams look like, and, and does Alabama want to come out and prove a point after looking so bad in Austin? This game should be at night, but it's not. It's 11 o'clock start central time uh, at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium in Oxford as two 4-0 teams go at it, Kentucky against Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a seven-point favorite and the over-under 54. Uh, Chris Rodriguez is back, so the running game is back for Kentucky. Will Levis, the quarterback, the passing game is solid. Uh, but could you tell me about the ebb and flow of the money? What was the public money like coming into today? Uh, the public money as of today, uh, it's actually bought back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I pull it up on my screen. Uh, there we go. Uh, yeah, it's bought back just a little bit on uh, on Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was a ton of action early on Ole Miss. And, and I don't fully understand it. Um, you, it, of course, this opened in like it was one of the the game of the year uh, options at you know whatever some of the the stateside books are, mm-hmm. uh, and it was Ole Miss by one and a half. It opened at four and a half, and it got bet all the way out to seven. Now it's come back down. It's at six and a half right now at Bet US. Okay. Uh, as of right now, now the money a couple of days ago uh, on Tuesday was actually closer to like eighty percent on Ole Miss. Once that thing got up to seven, I mean, it came back a lot on Kentucky. Uh, you've got right now 56% of the money is on Kentucky with 84% of the uh, of the tickets. So there's a lot of buyback on Kentucky. People are starting to give Mark Stoops a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah. Um, I could not understand why people were so enamored with Ole Miss just based on what they've done thus far this season. The The defense has looked really, really good, but who have they played? Right, Kentucky, it, that's a proven commodity at this point. Yeah, Kentucky didn't look great against Northern Illinois last week, and, and they haven't been great in the running game, but they do get Chris Rodriguez back this week. Now, Chris Rodriguez, while the offensive line for Kentucky is not good, I mean, they're number 82 in stuff rate allowed right now, um, I wonder about that because Chris Rodriguez is literally the best in the country, at least last year, at yards after contact. Yes. And I think they'll be able to break through some of those Ole Miss tackles. Ole Miss, really good tackling grade over at PFF. But this, I've still got a lot to learn about Ole Miss. I mean, this will be their first real data point of the season. And if I had to lean away, I would definitely roll Kentucky because this is a team that's been through it. If you're going to get into a slugfest with them, 
which is what Ole Miss probably is going to do. I mean, they're number 108 in PPA per pass. Uh, they they like to run the football. If you're going to try and run the football on Kentucky, I mean, that's playing right into Mark Stoops' hands. So I, I do like Kentucky with the points here. This feels like a field goal game yes. one way or the other. Uh, is, it, tell me, that, is that kind of what you're saying on it? Absolutely. I, I am going to bet Kentucky and ride with them. I feel like this is a last-second field goal game, as I mentioned. Rodriguez is back, so it's not just on Levis. So now, it not only, again, I think he's very good in the passing game, but with Rodriguez there, now you can control the clock, and I just believe that Kentucky can be able to keep it close here. Last-second field goal, it definitely won't be a touchdown game. I see it more like three or four points. That's that's exactly how I feel about it. Uh, guy to watch out in this game. Uh, we we thought before the season, how is Kentucky going to replace Wondell Robinson, right? Uh, they did. They went and got Tavion Robinson out of Virginia Tech to transfer over to him. And he's a, a little guy, you know. I think he's like five foot nine, five foot ten somewhere. I think they I think they list him at six foot. He ain't six foot, uh, but he is small and he is quick and he they use him like a Swiss Army knife. And he has just been lights out for them. Kentucky, so far this season, now they're they're 50%, you know, run-pass rate. Like, they, they throw the ball 50% of the time, and they run the ball 50% of the time. Uh, way better at throwing the football this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're number 11 in passing success rate. They are number 14 in PPA per pass. That's predicted points added per pass. Uh, Will Levis has been pretty good. Like, I, I know some, some of the numbers may not necessarily uh, look like that, Especially against Florida earlier this year, but man, this is a successful, successful offense that they're running. I I like what they're doing, and so I I think that if if I'm if I'm looking at Kentucky, the biggest thing for them is finding a way to get Tavion Robinson against that defense on some of those linebackers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to have success for sure. All right, are you in your rocking chair? I need you to theorize a game for me. You know I'm in my rocking chair right now. Oh, I'm having so much fun just laid back, enjoying <laughs> myself, ready to think about some of these hypotheticals you're going to give me. Well, there's a few games I really want to ask you about, but I'll just narrow it down to this one. Texas A&M against Mississippi State. Mississippi State's a four-point favorite over under 45. The Aggies' defense, I think, Gary, is their strength of the team. But what happened last week? 415 yards surrendered. I don't know which way to go in this game. Could you give me a theory on which way I should go? Well, I will tell you that I bet Mississippi State at two and a half. Uh-huh. Right? Now, I still like it. At, at think the, I think you can find some three and a halves out there. Uh, bet US, I think, has got it all the way up to four now. Uh, there's a lot of love for Mississippi State in this spot. It is a bit of a look-ahead spot for A&M. They've got Alabama on deck next week. Everybody knows about the Jimbo Saban stuff. Uh, but, you know, A&M has found ways to win ball games. This is two straight weeks that they found a way to win a ball game based solely off of the other team giving them the ball in a spot where they could score easily, right? They, they get a touchdown from a scoop and score last week, and that's basically the difference in the game. And they did the same thing against Miami. Punt return. Deep in their own territory, A&M is able to score from about 20 yards out, right? In this situation, they, they aren't great at driving the ball, etc. The offense is not good. Um, this Mississippi State defense is tricky. They, A&M has not seen a 3-3-5 like this this season. 
Max Johnson has had success against Mississippi State in the past, but I like State in this spot. I mean, they've already gone on the road and lost to LSU, but I think that Davis Wade Stadium in Starkville is going to be on fire for this game. Uh, We know that Mississippi State beat them last year, but I think that State defense is absolutely legit. I mean, they are number 19 in PPA per pass. Uh, They are number 54 in rushing success rate allowed, but I think they're better than that. Uh, They're number 44 in offensive line yards allowed. A&M's offense is number 124 in offensive line yards. They're number 124 in stuff rate allowed. Uh, That offense is just not good. So I, I can't figure out any kind of formula other than some crazy hijinks, et cetera, which is where the talent takes over, mm-hmm. right? Uh, A&M has got as much talent as nearly anybody in this country. And sometimes those kind of plays, like the scoop and the score that you saw last week, uh, just little things like that can give you an opportunity to win a tight game. But I think State's got too much for them at home. Like I, I think this, I think this Mississippi State team is really, really good. My numbers have them by nine points. I think State's definitely going to cover that number. I think they are fired up for this one. Man, you've been down on A and M a lot this year. I, you, I'm, I'm you're really I'm down on them. Against them every single week yeah. because that offense is so putrid, yeah. and the defense isn't really that much better. Like they're, uh, look at this. Uh, they're number thirty-seven in PPA per rush, which is okay. Uh, but they're number 95 in rushing success rate allowed. Like, it, they are not a good defense right now, and they're really not a good offense. So I, <laughs> they, yeah. they can't create havoc on defense, the number 102 in, uh, in havoc rate. I mean, there there's so many questions about this team. And while they do have a lot of talent, I, it's this is going to really bite them later on in the season. Jimbo is going to have to figure out something to do. With that offense, you got too many guys. And now, of course, Anaya Smith, we didn't even bring that up. Uh, their wide receiver that has two times more production than anybody else on the roster, hey, he's out for the year now. Yeah. So your top two receivers are going to be two freshmen that still don't really know what they're doing in this offense. And now they've swapped quarterbacks two games in. I don't know what the chemistry is going to be like. I, this, I can't seem to figure these guys out. But I know this. I don't trust them. And I will bet against them again. I'm going to take Mississippi State here. That certainly takes the piss out of the Bama game. Thanks for that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it really does. Like, I no, I hear you, but I just I've been watching you on Bet US and and on this this platform. You've just been down on them all year. I mean, I think, and I can understand because it they just don't have the potency offensively to be able to keep up. As and that's not what I expected coming into the season, but it is what it is. I mean, this team is number 109 in offensive success rate. Yeah. Like, they are not good. They're number 93 in uh, PPA per drive on offense. Like, the defense is, is a little bit better, but it, I'll tell you who, who did this to me last year. Northern Illinois last year. <laughs> you remember all those close games that Thomas Hammock and them were able to win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, their numbers made zero sense. And when you look, there's a stat that you can look up. I believe it's at teamrankings.com. And you go and actually look at the luck for certain teams. And Northern Illinois led the country in the luck factor last year with turnovers that probably should not have gone their way. Uh, just a, explosive plays that just pop out of nowhere. You know, because they Northern Illinois on paper was not good last year and they won nine ball games. Like it just didn't make any sense. Right. 
And and A and M certainly is trending that direction because there's nothing that you can show me on paper about this team other than recruiting rankings that would make sense as to why they have three wins already on the year. Like they shouldn't have beat Miami. They probably should not have beaten uh, Arkansas last week. Well, no, I definitely should not have beaten Arkansas. Arkansas dominated the game. Yeah, they did. I mean, they, they've been outgained the last two games and they won both of them. Like yeah. by more than a hundred yards. Yeah. And it's just blowing my mind. And so their post game win expectancy is it's below 50% for both of these last two wins. You know, App State was able to do it to them, and these other two were not. And we saw what Miami was. I mean, my gosh, what happened to them last week? Uh, oh, God. Well, we know what that is. That's yeah. A, yeah, that's a rebuild. Oh. That's what that is. Yo, it's so bad. Yeah. So bad. But, yeah, A&M, the numbers do not make sense for them whatsoever. I'm going to bet against them again. Uh, but I – and part of that reason is because I really like Mississippi State. I think they're 3 through 5 defense. That Zach Arnett runs, of course, he was part of that – San Diego State tree with Rocky Long and Bunch. I think what he's doing there is really, really cool. And I think, you know, State, I think I've told you this before. Uh, they are one of the most experienced teams in the country. And they are, I think they're the oldest team as far as the average age of players. Uh, BYU may have them beat by a little bit. But it, it ain't far. State's got a lot of old dudes. And, and I'm telling you, I think they're going to put a whooping on, on A&M this weekend. You can follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWCE, winningcureseverything.com, and, of course, the uh, BetUS show as well. And don't forget Sundays. You need to get your fill of uh, what happened on a college football Saturday. Sundays, people could find you as well, right? Most certainly, yes. Sunday mornings, we, uh, we jump in. I say we. It's me. I jump in and just go through the slate of what happened try and make sense of all the, the craziness that happens on Saturdays because, my gosh, the last three weeks have been nuts every single Saturday. And, yeah, I jump on there and uh, we get the chat going. You know, we've got a nice community that uh, that follows along and, and tosses me some different things that I may not have seen, etc. cetera. Uh, but, yeah, we have a lot of fun on the Winning Cures Everything channel. If I, if I get a hashtag value bet, I will send you an Under the Hood T-shirt. So if you if you get in that chat and you put in there hashtag value bet, meaning that you listen to this show, I will hook you up with a T-shirt because I watch the show as well. Um, I love it. Gary, as always, <laughs> thanks so much for your time. We'll do it next week. You better believe it. Looking forward to it. There he is, Gary Seegers from winningcureseverything.com. Great to talk to him about some college football. And you heard his plays. Guy's been red hot. Consider some of his plays for college football week number five. I'm Jay Hood. Thanks so much for checking out Value Bet, brought to you by DraftKings. Use the promo code WMVP. Oh, God. <laughs>